Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. The Growing in Grace podcast. This is the place where you can check out anytime you'd like, but you can never leave <laughs> because you'll get so hooked on grace. That's why. I'm Mike Kapler with Joel Brzezinski. Happy New Year! <laughs> oh, I guess he didn't do that in the movie. So did you watch It's a Wonderful Life over Christmas? No, but I'm going to have to sometime. One of these years. One of these, okay. I don't know, sometime. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Next Christmas. Next Christmas. You can ask me next Christmas. And we'll We're see glad you. you're with us once again. Growingingrace.org. You will find every single podcast that we've ever done. And I don't know that I would care to go back and listen to all of those again, Joel, but I think we do have a, a reasonably consistent message on there. We've grown in some areas where we, we might see a few things a, a little bit differently, but a uh, a fairly consistent podcast when it comes to understanding our identity in Christ and the gift of God's righteousness. And we hope to continue doing this for years to come, especially as we get older and smarter. <laughs> podcast will just be that much more that much more full. No no egos involved here at all. No, We're just getting no. better. No, I mean, this happens with everybody, you know. I mean, don't, don't people just generally get smarter as they get older? I mean, not everybody, probably. <laughs> you hopefully learn from— I mean, from... You're, you're still a St. Louis Cardinals fan, so I rest So I have but... learned a lot because from that. It's so good. So good. It's such a wonderful life. No, but I—recently, uh, someone— who has told me before that she's listened to every podcast more than once. She said she was on her third time, and she had finished uh, listening to every single episode three times. So obviously the first time we hadn't had as many episodes, uh, and then the second time we would have had a few more episodes added on to the first time she listened, and then this last time we would have had over 800. So that's, you know, let's just say it's, let's just say you listen to them all when we've done 300, and then you listen again when we've done... 500, and then you listen again when we've done 800. That's 300, that's 1,600 episodes, at least, that a person has listened to. And I, it, I have no words for that. <laughs> I don't, I, I couldn't do it. I don't think I could do it. So we've got those there for people who, who are really transitioning from a very religious, works-based mindset to something that's going to be completely different. And, and uh, I'm glad you kept those on there. Um, I guess I don't know how long they'll, they'll always be there, but uh, they are there for people to uh, grow with us uh, in, in our understanding of, of the good news of, of Jesus Christ. And there's so much to learn, right? Uh, Joel, uh, something that a lot of people have misunderstood about our podcast uh, over the years, because something that we've maybe talked about as much as anything else is the believer's freedom from the old ministry of law and commandments that were given to Israel. Uh, initially, there were 10 that were carved on stone by God, handed over to Moses, but eventually there would be another 603 commandments that God would, by the way, instruct the Israelites to also write them thems themselves on 
big, large stone tablets as they were getting ready to enter the promised land. So really the whole law was written on stone eventually. It's because it was all one law, not a bunch of separate laws. I know a lot of theological type religious people like to divide up the law, but really the scriptures don't do that. Right. Um, you know, you, some, some want to divide them up into dietary laws, moral laws, what am I forgetting here? Sacrificial laws, things like that. And they'll say, well, the sacrificial laws came to an end. The dietary laws really no longer apply for us today, but the moral laws are still in place. The Ten Commandments, for example, and, and a few others that they might throw in. And, and yet the Bible really focuses on one law, a, a law that, as we mentioned last week, Jesus came to deliver and redeem the Jewish people from. Why? Because this law could not give life. It could not give the the desired and required righteousness, the right standing with God that was needed. Not one single law from within the law could do that, and it caused sin to increase. So why do we want to continue to embrace such a law within the church community? It's a great misunderstanding in, in mixing up an old covenant compared to the new one that was established by Jesus Christ. One came to an end and was completely replaced with the new. Um, and, and if we get those two mingled together somehow, blended together, we're, we're going to get confused and we're going to fall into a, a, some sort of a, uh, a desire to establish a works-based righteousness like what the Jewish people were attempting to do, as futile as it was. Um, and so, uh, I think one place we could start at here, Joel, is as an example, is in uh, Galatians chapter 5. I'll bring you in for that. But I just wanted to mention that the people who are law advocates, a lot of well-meaning church people who are saved, uh, but they still advocate for at least a small portion of the law. And that's the point here, is that uh, we're we're not trying to tell people that you can go out and do whatever lousy, cruddy, sinful stuff that you want to. Um, but that's sometimes what is interpreted. We get misinterpreted here over the years sometimes. People jump to these uh, conclusions. Um, and, and yet, when they're, when they're advocating for law, they're really not advocating for the law that's in the Old Testament Bible. It, they're, advocate, they're advocating for something that is much smaller, much more revised, much more modernized. It's not the real thing. It's 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 fake. Yeah, that's it's true. And just on that, you know, the whole that whole mixture thing, you know, when you try to mix the elements of the law in with our lives in Christ, it's like mixing oil and water. I mean, they don't mix. It's and and you just get a big mess. Really, just imagine um, in your car, in your vehicle, where the oil goes, when you check your oil, oh, you're a quart low, you just put some water in there instead. That's mixing law and grace. It's, it's, it, it'll junk your engine. It'll be horrible. It's really not good. But like you said, um, the whole law system came to an end. We've talked about that many times. We've talked about Ephesians, where it says the law was abolished in Jesus' flesh. Uh, Colossians, where it says it was wiped out, it was taken out of the way, it was nailed to the cross, and then well, and in Hebrews, when, when did Jesus become high priest? It was right. after the law, exactly. And the law said that the priests uh, had to come from Aaron, from the line of Aaron, 
and be Levites. And Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. So that law had to end, the, the entire thing had to end in order for Jesus to be the high priest. In order for the new covenant to begin, the old covenant, along with the entire law, had to be taken out of the way, and uh, it was nailed to the cross. So when we read these New Testament epistles that were written, uh, there's something that we don't necessarily understand these days in the church, is that in those early days, there were people who didn't understand, they didn't have the book of Galatians, <laughs> necessarily, and they did not understand especially the the many Jewish believers who th- there were there were many Jewish believers who thought that uh, yes believing in Jesus that's the way he's the way the truth and the life but you also have to submit to the law you also have to keep the law of Moses that's what they had been under all 613 commandments not just the 10 or like um, when I was in um, confirmation class growing up <laughs> in church I memorized, the Ten Commandments, but I didn't even memorize them fully. It was just a shortened version of it, and that's what a lot of, to many people, when you say the law, it's a shortened version of the Ten Commandments, and so they really don't understand what the law really was about. But back in those days, the Judaizers, they wanted the full force of the law to be included in the lives of not only other Jewish believers, but uh, Gentile believers, Gentiles who had never been under the law, Gentiles who had, in many cases, had probably never even heard the law or knew what the law said. And again, not just the 10 that God wrote with his finger, but the uh, all, all of the law that was given. And um, as we've brought out too, as, as I think you first mentioned on this podcast quite some time ago, a long time ago, that... Um, all the other commandments, God had them write those on stones as well. So all of the commandments, all 613, have been written on stones. And people just don't understand that the law is that big. That's what the law is. Galatians chapter 5, uh, Paul said, stand fast there for now. He said quite a bit before this in the previous chapters. So he's coming to this place. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Well, which yoke of bondage is he talking about? You posted on this recently, Joel, on social media. He's talking about the law. (laughs) And and you can see it if you keep reading in verse 3. He says, I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. He's obligated to keep the whole thing. If you want to do one part of the law, you have to do all of it, and you have to understand what the entire law says. Yeah, and that's what a lot of us today, we don't understand, because it was one law. It was one law, and you had to keep the whole thing. And I like what you brought out there, you, um, because I had posted uh, on Facebook, Galatians 5.1, um, stand fast, Therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. I like how the NIV says it. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And so that bondage, that slavery that he's talking about, when I was taught this in the, in the Pentecostal church, a more legalistic-based church, and, and somebody else told me this as well, that what she had learned growing up, was that that bondage was sin, the bondage of sin. Don't let yourself be entangled with the yoke of sin. 
the bondage of sin. But that's not what Paul's talking about. If you read the first five chapters leading up to this, he's talking about the law of Moses, the entire thing. That's what these Judaizers had brought into these people who were formerly Gentiles, had never been under the law. And Paul says, you began in the Spirit, uh, but now why are you trying to be perfected through the flesh? And that whole, And then he goes through this whole thing about how the law is the thing that was the yoke of bondage. And he talks in 2 Corinthians about how that was the ministry of death and condemnation. Uh, That is not the way in Christ. The law is not. But people try to mix this in. They don't read this whole thing. Or or again, they might read, don't be entangled with a yoke of bondage and think that it's talking about sin when the bondage was really the law. And Paul was trying to get them to remember that they had begun in the Spirit. It was simply by faith. As Gentiles, they had been far off without God in the world, as, as he says in Ephesians. Now in Christ, they were simply brought near to God by the blood of Jesus, and that's where they need to rest and uh, not be entangled with these people who are bringing the law in. And, you know, verse 4 kind of says a mouthful. You have become severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law through a law of works, you have fallen from grace. A lot of times we hear it today, well, they've fallen from grace, meaning that they've sinned somehow. They committed some unpardonable sin or one that's going to take a lot of work to get them back on track, and they've fallen from grace. But it was actually the people who were trying to be justified by what they did that that fell from grace. But Paul goes on, he he says quite a bit here in in chapter 5, but for, for time's sake, he makes this powerful statement. If you are led by the Spirit of God, which is a big part of this chapter in Galatians, if you if you are led by the Spirit of God, you are not under the law. I mean, how much more plain can you be? And like you said before, Joel, some people just feel like they've got to have a list of things telling them what to do or what not to do. There's a better way. It's the ministry of the Spirit. It's a ministry of life, not a ministry of death. The fruit of the Spirit, it's love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And so this is what we live by now. It's not your fruit. It's not my fruit. It's his fruit. We don't produce it, but we can bear it. He'll produce it through us. And, And this is just a better way to live. I know a lot of people feel like they've got to have something in writing, but God is bigger than that. Yeah, and just to wrap it up, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is all these things that you just said, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And so in many churches, the pastor or whoever's teaching or preaching will go through all this stuff, and and it's like you have to— You You have to work at them. You're working (laughs) at them. You're learning how to work at all these things uh, when that's not what Paul says. He says it's the fruit of the Spirit. These things are the fruit of the Spirit. They're not things that you work on. They're not things that you have to, well, God's working on patience in me right now. No, it's the fruit. Patience is the fruit of the Spirit. Love is, joy is, all these other things. It's not things that you work on. It's things that the Spirit of God, it's the fruit of Him. So it takes away a lot of the pressure to perform. When you, when you understand that you're, there's no law, you're not living by a list of rules and regulations, law or whatever. Whether you were a Jew who was under the law previously or a Gentile who was never under the law, in Christ, it's a very freeing life where you rest 
in him. You rest in Christ. You believe, you have your faith, and you, you trust God to work in and through you. <laughs> There's no law against the things that will be produced in and through you by God when he's at work in you. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace.